Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello, so we're back in the midst of a double game week to take a look forward to next week's blank, the free hitathon for Nick and I. But we know that's not for everyone and have that covered today as you'll soon hear. I'm joined today by Nick. You're still here, mate. And also, to address the non-free hitters' perspective, finally, uh, by the much-trailed Gaelic tones of FPL Stag, or Anthony, as he's known to his friends and family. Hi there, Stag. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the good people? Hi, Tom, Nick. I'm delighted to be here. Love the show, so great to finally be on as a guest. Um, I am FPL Stag. You'll find me on Twitter at FPL Stag. I write a weekly weekly column for Roto World, which is a division of NBC. So you've probably come across it at some point called Stag's Take. And then I'm just sitting on Twitter. Right now I'm studying abroad. I'm in Madrid, going to a Real Madrid game on Wednesday. I was at Spain 6, Argentina 1 a few weeks back, just enjoying life as it is. Um, Right now my FPL team is about the top 60k-ish, and so the top 10k is still very much attainable. And I'm pretty happy with how the season is going. Yeah, it's great to have you on, Stag. Um, as mentioned, I'm still here. Um, still no baby. I've uh, got plans for um, inductions next week. So I think you'll definitely be here by the time we pod again. But for those doing hashtag uh, baby watch, I'll, I'll keep you posted on any progress. But anyway, uh, just quickly, our name is Who Got The Assist. You can find us on Twitter at WGA underscore FPL. Online at whogottheassist.com. And you can follow us, subscribe and tell your mates if you like what you hear. Cheers and welcome once more, Stag. Uh, so today we're going to talk about the upcoming blank uh, chip use around it and the advantage felt by early users of the uh, free hit versus the anticipated one uh, for us going on it in game week 35. We'll then do a new watch uh, and also a brief market forces before taking your questions at the very end. Yep, and thanks for the questions, guys, as with every week. As you probably appreciate, we'll keep chat about the current week to a minimum as it's still ongoing. But I think after that United game, it's worth us saying how we're doing at the time of recording. So, uh, Stag, how, how are you doing? So, yeah, right now things are going pretty well. I'm happy, feeling glad, definitely. Um, I'm using my bench boost as it stands. So I've got 15 players in play, 10 double game week players, which is pretty solid. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, Kane, the captain, has failed so far. 
But I took Aubameyang out to allow that, so I feel okay with the whole entire thing. I I believe that he'll be okay at Brighton away. And then aside from that, I have Arnautovic coming up tomorrow as well, who I'm really excited about going playing his old club. So right now sitting on 61 points with green arrows, uh, mostly thanks to Kevin Long's 10 points, Chris Wood's 9, Salah's 8, and Tompkins 8. Um, so my rank is now 46,500 according to predictions. So that should allow me to break 2,000 points by the end of the week, and I should get over the 100 club as well. So pretty happy. Oh, that's that's really good. That's really good. So I think the two of us who are having a bit more of a well, apart from the cap, I think the captaincy thing is something which is shared across the space. So I had Sanchez today, uh, who looked absolutely bereft and lost on the right wing for a lot of the game, and then was drifting into the centre and not doing very much. And of course, yeah, the West Brom game did not go how many people who are captain of the United player thought it would go. I'm um, on 52 points minus eight. Kevin Long, the absolute budget legend, uh, has a uh, of course graced my team as well to to get me towards a, a, a very small red arrow and hopefully will be a very a very a big green arrow after after next Wednesday. Um apart from that, you know, Willian with the assist, Salah with the goal, uh, and Murray and Dunk combining for in the Brighton game uh, have been the highlight so far. But yeah, it's it's not um not not been the uh, the week to decimate my rank as as I thought it would be. Um it's still been quite a quite a difficult one. Uh, what about you, Nick? Yeah, it's been pretty um, stagnant, pretty un- uninspiring for me so far. Thirty-seven points is all I'm on at this current moment in time. So, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm glad the week's still continuing because I've got all my players to play again. Luckily, but yeah, pretty rubbish all in all. I think um, not having a King K Long was probably the difference here for me and you because he, uh, yeah, my defense was pretty rubbish. Um, Triple United obviously has been a bit of a massive fail after that horrendous performance against West Brom Captain Kane as well Mares. these guys have done nothing um, neither is like Wes Morgan and Son coming only for one point but um, I did have a Duncan Murray combination probably the only cause for <laughs> celebration so far and uh, Salah getting his uh, regular goal and, and a William assist but only four points from him so yeah not not great at all to be honest yeah, well, I guess uh, the rest of our double game week players are ready to rock the house the second time round, right? Um, okay, let's move on to the topic, which is about next week, uh, next weekend, game week 35. Um, so Nick and I are free hitting and we thought it was really important to have the voice of somebody who didn't have their free hit to play on in the shape of Stag uh, to talk about the strategy around uh, free hitting this week and what the key things are. Had a lot of questions about this, about the defensive uh, side of things from Sigurd Exland, uh, the offensive side of it from Kraft, rotation fears from the likes of Adam Diori and Mr. Walker-Porter and questions about teams like City uh, from Nick Samant and other people like that. Um, I think, should we talk first about um, Stag, your uh, your decision to free hit in 31 and where that's left you now in 35 and how you're going to navigate that challenge. Yeah, absolutely. So as it stands right now, I'm pretty content with how things are. I free hit it in blank game week 31. So that had allowed me to really arrest a game week ranks of plus 3 million. And then after that, I had a 115 point free hit in game week 31. So that suddenly had a game week rank of 32,748, and that shot me up the rankings. So then I obviously wildcarded with game week, with the double game week, the blank game week, and the next double game week in mind, kind of gambling that the, the, that the stats are that the fixtures would come out as we had hoped that they would. And I've been pretty content with that. So now I'm I'm using my bench boost right now. I've got 10 double game weekers. And I will have seven blank game week players as it stands right now. I would have had eight. However, I had to go and do some surgery on my team to get in Carrie Kane, who I captained for this week. 
Hopefully that will still work out. I'll be pretty happy to use one free transfer now to maybe bring it up to eight. I might even take a hit to make it nine blank game week players, but I think that's pretty okay. Yeah, I certainly think so. And I think that this like uh, game week 31, uh, we, we spoke about the dead end strategy for a while. And I think I respect the fact that you uh, you went for the free hit and then you've uh, now managed to kind of configure your team around it. But I think for us, Nick, this game week 35 after you know the, the bench boost this week in 34 35 is what we're really looking forward to in terms of having a lot of players when the vast majority will be really scratching around i mean i hear you saying you got eight or nine that's very good but i think we're going to be able to have you know 10 or 11 well 11 hopefully players who are going to be the optimal picks for, for that game week what, what do you think nick yeah exactly and also three players on the bench and a substitute goalkeeper in case we are hit by the, the rotation fears. So, for instance, on my bench at the moment, I've got Lowton, Long, Kennedy and Hennessy, all that could potentially deputise if one of my uh, key players for some reason doesn't play because there is a little bit of risk for rotation. And I think those that don't free hit potentially are going to suffer from it a little bit more because I've been looking at likes of um, Liverpool and Manchester City and I and I'm tripling up on both of them because obviously they've got great fixtures. So you've got to triple up on those guys, um, Liverpool playing West Brom, uh, City playing Swansea, but City have now after that United performance won the league. So it's, it's going to be like a set. It's essentially a celebratory um, performance for them, isn't it? So who knows if it's going to be like bringing out Phil Foden or, or if, or if Pep's, it'd be interesting to hear Pep's um, press conference. If he says, actually, I'm, I'm going to play my, my best team for this one so that they can, do a little bit of a celebration at the end of the game. And uh, and I know we're going to, I think we said we've got a question on um, sort of city rotation and who's nailed on. And yeah, we're going to cover that a little bit, aren't we? Yeah, I think it's best to segue into those now because there's kind of two questions there, isn't there? There's one about rotation generally. You just mentioned Liverpool too and City. I think we, if we start with uh, we, we start with the City assets because they're obviously the ones who are going to be of interest to most people. I think if you're kind of looking how you're going to supplement your team, I don't know if you have any uh, any plans to bring a City player in there, Stag. But I think that for the free hitters, that's going to be. Uh, pretty essential. Um, what kind of players do you have your eye on, Stag? First, I guess four thirty-five in terms of City, and why? Like, uh, do you think they're more likely to be nailed, or you know, you're looking for the the points upswing? So, I'm going to be making that one, maybe two transfers. So, I've got to pick quite wisely when it comes to my City players. I'm going to have to do it. I will be doing it quite late to maximize the most, uh, you know, the information that I can have so I don't get caught by an injury or by Guardiola announcing that Phil Foden is going to play, you know, something <laughs> silly like that. So, as it stands right now, I'll be looking at either David Silva or Raheem Sterling. I'll probably finance that move by removing Lukaku from my team and then upgrading Willian as well. So, I might do that. will be the minus four, two transfers. And hopefully that will lay or get me through. However, I, I do appreciate that you guys who are going to have a triple Van City or a triple Liverpool are going to benefit. The one thing I do think is that, let's say it might it happened last week with Firmino where he came off the bench and he only got one point. And you're kind of thinking that could quite easily happen to a lot of free hit teams who've loaded up on just you know big name players who suddenly get dropped, who will play. They might come on as a substitute for the last 10 minutes or something. And then you're obviously left with a completely pointless player there really in the overall scheme of things and you might have a much better player on your bench who started maybe your third Liverpool player that you picked just in case who just eventually actually contributed nothing to your team so that's 
in some senses, like I was one of my biggest fears with the blank game week when I used my own free hit in 31 was that I'd end up playing the wrong player for whatever reason and that I'd get caught and there'd be some brilliant player on my bench. I was fortunate in that it didn't happen that week, but I think that's the risk that you guys are running. Yeah, possibly. I mean, looking at um, Manchester City, I think one of the players potentially that will be nailed and play every game is uh, is Vincent Company because I think um, Laporte was actually the one I had in my, my first draft for um, the the free hit, but because you know, he's quite cheap and he, he's very good value at 5.1, but then he did actually miss out on the Manchester United game. And then Otamendi, because of the poor performances recently, I guess, he, he was dropped for the um, the game yesterday. So I'm now wondering if um, the Port is actually going to play the next fixture or if Otamendi is going to come back into the team. So it looks like Pep's not going for the, the free at the backs or free central defenders uh, scenario. So there's, there's a little bit of risk there. I guess um, in defence, Walker's probably going to be playing because there's no one really to compete in that position and Danilo doesn't get too many games but I think um, at the moment I'm leaning towards company as being the the man who's going to lead them to that sort of title charge they've won the league and he's going to lead them up lead them on the pitch um, for that game against Swansea. Interesting I own company at the end of last season and what was notable about him is that he's very similar to Van Dijk in a lot of ways and that a lot of the set pieces are aimed at his face and I remember uh, when when Man City beat Man United one nil a couple of years ago, I think it was in twenty fourteen, um, he yeah. scored the only goal, and that was the that was the one ball that came over. And they do play that ball an awful lot, I notice. And uh, Carl Walker is another very interesting shout, and does a lot of early crosses in. Had a very good relationship with Aguero at the beginning of the season, and I think that um, it seems like Aguero is fifty fifty whether he starts. But Jesus uh, again is quite a, quite good at getting the positioning right and being in to get those kind of those early crosses into the back of the net. In terms of the defence, I mean, I'm, I've just looked at Edison, the goalkeeper. Um, City do have one of the best defences in the Premier League. They are very, very leaky, but equally kind of the numbers that they actually concede are quite low. And I think that you know for, for the game that they have against Swansea. You've got to be thinking that's a procession in some ways. You've got to be thinking, yeah, I'm just, I just want the six-pointer. You've noted uh, there, Nick, that there's a little bit of kind of question marks about everybody. I mean, it, it could be the case that Guardiola has wanted to rotate a lot and he's thinking, well, finally someone's let me out of my cage and I can do what I want. And uh, there's a little bit of worry about all of those things. So maybe it is that I just go to Edison uh, as the kind of the defensive uh, cover for City. Uh, moving forward to the midfield then, what guys are we looking at there? I mean, you've mentioned, you've mentioned the, the, the SAS, uh, one, men- one member of them anyway, uh, Sterling. Um, him or Sane, I, mean, I think that that's going to be an interesting one. Or maybe going up to Kevin De Bruyne. Um, uh, look, some of the stats at the moment really bear out the, the case for De Bruyne almost. Uh, De Bruyne's creativity, as we know, is just ridiculous. He's created 17 chances in the last six games, uh, followed closely by, uh, by, by David Silva on, on 16. Uh, but I think Sterling is the one, if you look at the stats over the last six, who looks the most like he's got... the uh, the spread of points that he could potentially get. So he's in the top five for chances created with nine. And he's also second for uh, for attempts. He's had 15 attempts. Uh, five of them have been on target. We know what his finishing is like, but he does get in the right positions, I guess. Uh, and Sane's a little bit lower down there uh, in terms of having attempts. They have 14 and only had uh, and only had a two two of them on target. So, despite looking very mercurial, as Nick would Nick would describe him, he he's kind of uh, yeah. I mean, it's very kind of fifty fifty whether he's going to get anything. Uh, midfield wise, what are you guys looking at? 
Yeah, I think for me, I'm I'm sticking with both. I'm getting both of those guys in at the moment, Sterling and Sané. I'm thinking about doubling up on the midfield. Um, I know a lot of people have been looking at Gabriel Jesus as um, a frontline striker, but I quite like the prices of Sterling and Sané. I think they're both very kindly priced. Um, still, Sterling's only 8.7 and Sané's 8.5, and it allows you a lot more flexibility going with those guys. You talked about Sterling a lot, and... Um, I think he's um, been one of the standout players this season for sure. Um, just in the last six game weeks, he's still up there in the numbers as well. Joint four for goal attempts um, and with 17 goals, 13 assists. It's uh, He's pretty impressive and he showed that he can also play as a number nine, um, which he did for the, the last part of the Spurs game. And though he scuffed a couple of chances, he's still, um, he's still got a goal and assist in that one. So I think for, for me, Sterling's going to be one of the, the key players to have in my uh, free hit team. And Sane as well, only 8.5. And he's he's been really good this season. And I haven't owned him at all. And it, it'd be quite nice to, to have him for a little bit as well. That's interesting though, because like I would definitely, if I was free hitting and I was in your situation, I would definitely be getting De Bruyne in. Just Kevin De Bruyne always seems to pick up points. Like it's like he quietly does it every single week. And you just don't even notice it almost. I know now the stats don't bear that out. He's not obviously every week. It's not like, it's not Salah consistency, but he's still always tipping away. And there's always that chance that he's going to have that one game that he gets his two goals. And then Sterling though would be definitely second on my list. But in in my situation where I'm not actually going to be free hitting because his price is so much lower, he's so much more attainable. And so that's why he is so high on my list of like, I really want to get this guy in. I think he's also a little bit safer from rotation than maybe the likes of Silva, who's obviously had his personal issues. And the City team are being given three days off this week. So you're kind of wondering if that's going to allow for Silva to visit home and then be able to come back again. That's been kind of a major hallmark of what he's been doing um, the whole way through when he's been given chances to, to rest and just not play. So... I think that Silva is quite safe because of that. And I think he's a, an important player that they'd like to have the chance to celebrate winning the title on the pitch. And then I think Sterling then has been so key to everything they've done in an attacking sense, much more so, I believe, than Sane. That's why I would be going for Sterling. Yeah, that, that does definitely make sense. I think um, I'm behind you, actually, in terms of De Bruyne. Uh, De Bruyne is actually a bit of a risk, funnily enough. So the last uh, the last six games, he only actually had one return. Which is uh, which was an assist last week. Uh, apart from that, he's just been uh, you know ticking over, not uh, getting clean sheets. Uh, but the price is is the key there. So people who are not free hitting, I'd be looking at the attainable players who are Sterling and Sane. I've got free hit, so I can mess around with the players that I'm bringing in. So I'm thinking, well, I might as well go for the ten point three option, which I'm guessing not a lot of people are going to be able to afford. And as you say, the creativity is always there for De Bruyne. There's always a long shot, which could well sail in, who knows? Um, and uh, Jesus up top, I think, is another one who at the moment is completely nailed in my free hit team. I think we'll see what happens with Aguero. Uh, Pep was a little bit 50-50 about his chances of of appearing again, almost, uh, towards the end of the season. Uh, but Jesus, despite limited pitch time, uh, still appears of the free hit strikers in the top seven or eight in terms of uh, shots on target with three and attempts with seven. But it's, it's nothing to really write home about and he has been returning from injury. If we've got kind of a bit of a dodgy uh, Man City. The other mainstays is Liverpool, who are also going to be fairly dodgy, right? The fact is they've got the early kickoff. So you've got to be hoping that for West Brom, who, you know, 
the giant killers that are West Brom, they're not going to repeat that feat again. And Liverpool are going to do what, they, what we think they're going to do. Because I'm guessing the majority of captaincy is going to default straight to Mo Salah, right? So all about some players for Liverpool then. What kind of players are we looking at? And who do we think are the biggest risks, most importantly? Yeah, I think with Liverpool, there is that fear again of rotation because they have that um, key game against AS Roma um, on the Tuesday. So I think Klopp, there is a really big risk that Klopp's not going to be playing his best players. Having said that, I'm still tripling up with them, and uh, and I think because of that fixture, you've, you've got to, you've got to load up with the guys and uh, hope that they play. And also, it, what's interesting because you said it's the early fixture, we're going to have to hope that um, at Anfield Express will give us some early team news, which means that we'll be ending and ending up ripping apart our free hit teams and completely redrafting them in the last minute. But for the moment, I did um, I've made some huge changes actually um, just in the last hour or so, just because I've been falling around a little bit with my team. And I did originally think about going for the all-out attack Liverpool of Mane, Firmino, and um, Salah, but I've made a couple of changes. I've, I've now got Robertson in instead, and I think Robertson he's very good value in defence, only five point one. He's he's been really good in the last um, eight or nine game weeks. Uh, really attacking. He's got a lot of potential and. Uh, yeah, and he's been getting lots of assists and clean sheets. And I, I think um, I had Van Dijk earlier on and I regretted not having Robertson because Robertson was getting lots of bonus points, lots of assists, whilst Van Dijk was getting the square root of Naffle. About one or two clean sheets I think I got from him. So I think those are the guys for me. Salah, Firmino is part of my front three. Firmino, I think we've talked a lot about Salah and Firmino on the pod before, how good these guys are. So for the moment, I've gone for those three. And then if, if uh, we find out that... They're all being rested and it's going to be Ings and it's going to be Solanke and it's going to be um, Alberto Marino or, or Clavin as the de facto left back again. Then I might make some last minute changes. Yeah, I think that's the, uh, it's definitely the case that Firmino, um, the, the stats are still looking very strong. He's uh, of the of the free hit strikers. He's the the third best in terms of shots on target with seven in the last six. And uh, th- there is a slight risk, of course, that he comes on at the end and he's got obviously Ings and Solanke, who maybe are both strikers who could both take that role. However, I do think because it's the early fixture, you know, in in El Manana, we'll know what's going on, so we'll be able to hopefully looking at the team leaks uh, be able to make adjustments as the beauty of having the free hit um, I think for for defenders uh, you mentioned uh, Robertson another one to mention obviously is Trent uh, so Trent got an assist yeah. this game week triple, a double figure score uh, looks to be the man who's nailed down that spot on, on the wing yeah I mean he could also if, if, if you haven't got that much money or even if he wants to take a punt he's only owned by uh, 4.1% overall which is uh pretty small so if he returns again puts it onto Salah's head again uh, you could be you know uh, have uh, it could be sunshine in the bag for you I guess uh, what about you Stag what are you looking at so like looking at Liverpool what I think you've got to do is immediately look at the one time they've been in a situation similar to this before with the Champions League game and that's with the Merseyside derby that was on a few weeks ago and what sort of defense that they played for a start because we've just been talking about the fullbacks just there so they played Klein, Lovren, D, um, Van Dijk and Klavan that day and Alexander-Arnold came off the bench with a minute to go just to partake and you know just pick up a few minutes and that was it. And that's the problem is that both, especially Robertson, there is actually a sitting replacement ready there just hoping to get game time. And that's why I would fear that he won't play when you've got Roma three days later in for Liverpool in the Champions League. And then looking looking further forward, I think Salah's obviously a given. Don't don't sell him if you have him. Make sure you put him into your free hit team if you don't have him. If you're one of those people who sold him, you've got to nail him in. Even the fact of the matter is, even if the Anfield Express leak a team sheet and it turns out that he's not going to play it from the start, 
we saw it earlier in the season where he came off the bench and in, what was it, 16 minutes got a brace? You just yeah. can't exclude, yeah, you just cannot exclude Salah. Even yeah. yeah, even if he's playing from the start. And you really are then just hoping for the best when it comes to Mane and Firmino. I think I wouldn't take, I wouldn't read too much into the fact that Mane started against Everton and Firmino didn't. I'm not quite sure what you could read into that. And so therefore you are kind of taking a gamble with those Liverpool attackers. They're, the, the trident that's up there of Salah, Firmino and Mane is so key to everything I've, uh, that Liverpool do and will be highly important to any success that they have against Roma. And so therefore, of course, Klopp is going to take whatever measures he needs to take to protect them. And that's why I'd be very, very fearful of tripling up on Liverpool attackers. Yeah, I, th- I think maybe having a strong bench is the key. It's one of those things where it's almost like you're obliged to go go that way because of A, how good the fixture is and B, how well the team have been performing. Um, Mar- Mane's an interesting one. I mean, over the last 12, 13 games, he started every single game. Uh, what's notable is that he only completed half of those. He is the guy who tends to get hooked about the 70-minute mark. So that could be something that we see uh, see going forward. But yeah, uh, it's one of those things that, you know, keep an eye on it. If, especially if you're free-hitting, you you have the chance. You maybe have like a golden opportunity in the last kind of one or two minutes to make a change uh, if a uh, lineup gets leaked. And so maybe that'd be something you keep an eye on. The final kind of big team, before we start looking at a few differentials and a few players who are cropping up well in the stats, is Arsenal. So a lot of people sold their Arsenal assets thinking, I'm going to buy them back in free hit 35. If you kept hold of Aubameyang, you got an assist today. Um, Arsenal players, again, have a very similar kind of issue in terms of the Europa League. And I'm just interested to hear, apart from Aubameyang, who I think we can all agree is a given in this, in this, uh, in this free hit team, uh, what other Arsenal players we're looking at and, and why? Uh, Nick? Yeah, so I originally actually had um, Danny Welbeck in my team just just for kind of just for a bit of banter and a bit that of a guy. joke because I was like, oh yeah, he just got a brace. Why not throw um, Welbs into the mix and, and see what he does and uh, yeah, hope for the best. So I thought, oh, that'd be quite funny. So Aubameyang is obviously in my team. He's a given. We talked about him a fair bit on other pods, but the fact that he also doesn't have the Europa League is a really good advantage for him because it means that he's gonna pretty much definitely play though the other day Wenger took him off early which was a really strange move um, at the time which um, was a bit unexplainable but um, other than that I've also got um, Nacho Monreal I think he's um, he's really kindly priced actually he's a bit slightly cheaper than Bellerin and uh, Koscielny um, slightly more than Mustafi but he also offered a little bit of goal threat this season and he scored four goals two assists and I thought oh, Monreal's quite a good shout only 5.6 he comes into my defence um, I've also got a bit of an interesting one at the moment, and I might change it up, but I've got Lacazette in there up front, um, 10.2. It seems like he's um, linking up well with um, Aubameyang, and they're starting to build a bit of a relationship actually playing alongside each other. So it's not, it's not a case of um, Wenger saying only one of those guys can play. It's a case of Aubameyang maybe going up front and then Lacazette playing on the wing. And uh, we saw um, earlier today, it was, it was pretty poor Arsenal performance, but... Um, Aubameyang set up um, Lacazette for the goal and then Lacazette tried to you know repay the favour even though the shot wasn't didn't go in he had a chance to shoot and he offered um, Aubameyang a shot and then the other day as well um, with the penalty Aubameyang giving it to Lacazette to restore his confidence it seems like they're building a little bit of an attacking relationship and I thought oh, that would be quite an aggressive attack, um, attack force to have Aubameyang, Lacazette and Firmino as my front three so when I look at the Arsenal team, obviously I'm looking at it from my own perspective where I'm not free hitting. And I think that 
anyone who isn't free hitting will probably have Aubameyang in their teams already, or they might have done what I've done and they're looking at the Aubameyang strategy with Kane, perhaps. Now, outside of Aubameyang, who I think is a given that you need to have in your team for the free hit or for the not free hitters, I really would say that I would look at uh, Monreal of the Arsenal defenders. He offers a goal threat. Definitely, if you're free hitting, you have to have him just because of that goal threat throughout the season. And then people like myself, I'm not so sure that I'm so big on Arsenal's defense. I think they're an expensive route that you need to fix later. And I don't, I wouldn't be so sure that they'd keep a clean sheet against West Ham, especially given that they might rest some of their midfield as well, which might make them a little bit more prone to attacks. In midfield, I do like the Welbeck shout. I really like, you know, the Welbeck shout for a free hitter, especially. I think that he's been. He's been obviously doing quite well of late, scoring all of his deflected goals, his his speciality. And I think that that's, as a punt goes, it's pretty good. He's kind of, there's a bit of a Milovahevich type puntiness to having him that I kind of like, obviously without the penalties that Milovahevich has. But I think it's just that like other sort of player who could be the hero for you in a double game week is that he's the perfect one. I wouldn't be so much keen to have Ramsey, for example, who is the most likely one to get rested ahead of the Europa League game next weekend. Exactly. I mean, there are, it's, it's interesting with Arsenal because I think there are a few punts you could actually take there. Um, one who actually, to give them credit, OFPL did point out this, uh, this morning is Alex Iwobi, um, who's been, been performing fairly well over the last couple of game weeks. Um, only 5.1, uh, which is quite quite kind of a friendly on the budget. Um, looked pretty involved against the, against Newcastle despite not actually registering. Uh, but the pair of assists against Southampton, assists against Everton a few weeks ago, um, it, it's all kind of scratching around and it's kind of like what you were saying stag about having a like kind of a, a hero almost he could be that sort of guy um, in terms of a defense and we've mentioned Monreal in fact uh, Monreal one of his biggest bonuses in the past has been the bonus his uh, his BPS interesting looks like Mustafi has overtaken him in terms of especially the last six and um, he's in the top five for uh, baseline BPS and also for BPS generally so uh, bonus friendly actions that he's made. But one guy who really does stand out if you look at the offensive stats for defenders is Callum Chambers. Um, Callum Chambers has actually had the joint most attempts in the last six games of eight. He's, he's second penalty box touches behind uh, Patrick Van Anhol. And uh, he's had three of those attempts on target, only 4.7. So, you know, there, there are always these kind of little characters, I think, in this kind of situation who could come through. And, some, and suddenly, you know, as we saw with Kevin Long, it's all about luck. If there are underlying stats to show that they are being offensive or they are doing something, um, these could be really the players who make the difference. Yes, like with someone like Callum Chambers, you know, this is kind of where the debate in FPL, like is it, is it luck or is it skill? Have, if you read into the stats like that and you know that there is a chance that Callum Chambers is going to score or there's a higher probability because he has more penalty box touches and an awful lot of efforts on goal, it's not, well, it is luck, obviously, that it happens to fall the week that you have him. At the same time, that is how you create your look in this game. And that's why you sh- you could really get ahead of your friends by having him over, let's say, Monreal, who I was just kind of just going off. Well, all season he's been doing quite well in an offensive sense. But obviously things have been tweaked a little bit. Things have changed. And Chambers is in, obviously, in the team now. And that's now brought him to the fore. Yeah, I mean, Koscielny's got chronic tendonitis, as far as I know. Um, so that means that he's always going to be the guy who's rested, uh, rested and rotated, which means that Chambers comes into the squad to come alongside Mustafi. Yeah, I think you made a good point there about Chambers. He's one of those sort of punty players, but in the last six game weeks, he's second for goal attempts. Um, 
yeah, with eight, which is just yeah, quite impressive stuff from him. And yeah, an unlikely, unlikely potential source for points. Which uh, yeah, if you brought, him, are you thinking about having Chambers in your team then, Tom, or are you sticking with Monreal for the moment? Um, I'm thinking of going full punt actually with the free hit, and I think that um, this may be linking into the, to the final bit of the section, which is about the other players and. And uh, I think that there's a, this is basically a, like a wild card without strings, isn't it? Like with a wild card, you've got to think about, you know, oh God, I've got going to have these guys in later on and I've got to figure out how to get rid of them or move them on, et cetera, et cetera. This is really interesting because it is like a wild card extra. So I don't have to worry about the future repercussions. If only life was like this, that every now and again, you did get to to, to mess around with something and, and not have to deal with the consequences. It's great. Um, and I think that I'll be looking at players like Awobi, like Chambers, you know, like uh, uh, wood, for example, over buying barns and um, th- that kind of thing, I think is this is like a really good place to do it. We're at the end of the season as well. The same reason I captained Sanchez this week. Um, it's the time to be taking punts, especially if you are, you know, like me in a challenger position and you want to do uh, do better in terms of your rank. And the further up you go, I guess, the more it's a judgment call whether you consolidate or you, or you uh, break cover. Um, but I think that's going to be really interesting. I'm just wondering, are there any guys that are on your on your list, uh, on your kind of essentials list for this free hit? Or in your case, uh, Stag, any guys that you think that you're not going to be able to uh, go without or are particularly scared of? Yeah, so like based on performances this weekend, Wilfred Zaha has obviously really come to the fore. Yeah, who I'm considering, even though for me, whether or not they have a double game week in game week 37 is obviously a big deal for me. And Crystal Palace don't. But that said, it's very hard to ignore a brace, isn't it? Um, outside of that, like a player who I've kind of been looking at as a bit of a punt type player, even though Watford played quite poor yesterday, was uh, Pereira who I think is a particularly interesting pick. That'll be a very big differential. But what I like about Watford is that like their fixtures are quite consistent to the end of the year, even if they are against difficult teams. I think you are looking at possibly teams that might be slowing down at that point. Like They play Spurs later, who have that FA Cup that they're going to be concentrating on. They play Newcastle in the, in the game week 37, which is obviously now a game where Newcastle are likely to be safe. So I just, I just like Pereira from that point of view. And then kind of looking at more forward players i think jordan Ayew is a brilliant enabler for so for someone like me who's trying to maybe open up budget to get a big midfielder for example i think you should look at jordan Ayew for swansea and then possibly even jay rodriguez as west brown mount this unexpected surge towards survival not <laughs> yeah some interesting picks there someone i was looking at but i've actually scrapped him from my most recent draft um, because of his price was a uh, shameless uh shameless goldman because i think um this week, like you said, Tom, this is the, this is a chance to just bring one guy in, just 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 for a laugh, really. You know, you know, just have him in for that one week punt, see how he does, and if he delivers, then he delivers. That's great. If he doesn't, and you're like, why the hell did I bring this guy in? It doesn't matter because he's going straight from your team, and uh, he would be the perfect sort of person for that scenario. I know he's a. Uh, He's still sort of coming back, I guess, from that horrific injury. And he hasn't really necessarily shown the form that he had last season where he got four goals and four assists. But he would be that perfect sort of player if you fancy just a a cheeky punt on someone. He could easily rock up with a a goal or so against Newcastle, maybe a goal and a, a clean sheet. Yeah, and there's always toes in there as well. Who we noted in our prospect and the prospects, didn't we? Uh, loves your shot. Uh, fun- funnily enough, if you take a lot of the free hit strikers and l- look at them in terms of t- uh, shots on target, um, you've got a few interesting names. You've got your man Chris Woods. I-, I said your man, right? 
did yeah you yeah, got it right. right you're right you're man um, and chris wood he's he's joint top with Aubameyang in the last six uh, for shots on target with nine uh, which is pretty incredible really um he's outdoing his teammate and austria's finest ashley barnes and um, below that you've got the likes of uh, troy deeney and uh, and Wayne Rooney uh, show, showing up as, uh, having shots on target, <laughs> and and Tozen's actually uh, not not bothering it at the moment, which which is quite interesting. But you know, Tozen's got quite a decent game, takes a lot takes a lot of shots and converts fairly well uh, historically, anyway. So he could be one I think who's going to be appearing a lot. I mean, you have got Goldman as you said, you have got Bainesy too, uh, who could uh, who could make an impact, and another man who's uh, bothering the attempts data is Michael Keane of uh, last year fame. Uh, he's had four attempts in the in the last six. Uh, admittedly, only one's been on t- on target, and all three have been headed att- and all four have been headed attempts. But equally, you know, again, he could be the sort of player who all it takes is a crossover from the wing, and and uh, suddenly you've got a, a bonanza of points. Would you not say that Everton are the ultimate on the beach team right now, though? There's yeah. like there's no better example right now, and that makes me just think that no matter what, I won't be bringing another another Everton player into my squad before game week thirty eight. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think the, the further one we go in the season, it's the same with Leicester now. Like Leicester can't qualify for anything, and they've got good fixtures, but they, you know, there's no motivation on paper. So even if they're playing uh, Watford, I think who Everton are playing, do they, do they have any motivation? I don't think they do. They? They're still trying to survive a little bit, I guess. Leicester, perhaps one of those teams for sure, and Everton are the two that I kind of flagged. Um, Everton. I think the beauty of having the free hit is I'll, I'll throw these guys in maybe for one game week, but I'm not going to look at them ever again this season. So it's just this one opportunity, even though they do have a decent 36 as well against Huddersfield, Southampton in 37 and West Ham at 38. So not a bad um, end of the season for them. Final, the final kind of guy I think we need to mention is Arnautovic. We haven't mentioned him yet. So Arnautovic's data is absolutely ridiculous. He's had a shot every... Uh, he has an attempt every 27 minutes, 13 attempts, nine in the box eight on target in the, in the last six games. Um, doing a, doing an Ibrahimovic, effectively, for, for, for that West Ham team. Um, and I think that, you know, to tie this back to the Arsenal the Arsenal team, um, Arsenal will probably be fielding a weakened defence looking forward to their game against Latin Simeone later on. Um, so I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see um, Arnautovic do something there. I mean, Anthony, you've got him in. Um, is, is he a player that you're going to be keeping for the rest of the season regardless? Yeah, no, Arnautovic is um, someone who I'm really excited about for this uh, blank game week that's coming up anyway. I think that he's kind of one of the the ultimate picks for it. I've some, there are some wonderful quotes available online. It'd be great if one of them could dig you up there, dig them up, that he was st- he was talking about what it's going to be like to, um, to play against uh, Stoke this week for West Ham and how excited he was to play against them. He's just kind of someone who just seems to be, like, obviously that's an old club of his, one that he maybe has fallen out with in the past. However, it's just like there was a clear hunger in him to play. And if you kind of buy into that kind of underlying kind of, I'm going to say, psychological side of how players are going to play, I think that Arnautovic is one of those players that you'd probably want to buy into. You make a good point there, actually, because um, I think Anatovic is definitely one of those players that performs when he wants. And we saw it against um, Southampton because he's fallen out with um, his old manager, Mark Hughes. And he uh, and when he scored, he scored a brace. And after that first goal, he was like running in anger, pointing at Mark Hughes, like saying, look what you did and all this, showing a bit of aggression. All right, cool. Thanks very much for that, guys. Um, I, I hopefully, listeners, that's a, a good look at the free hit and the game week to come. Okay, thanks for that, guys. Uh, let's take a break then. We'll move on to our features section. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? 
So we're back and we're going to quickly catch up with the anti-metas. Um, still midweek, but they've been doing pretty well, much better than me anyway. They're on 53 with a minus four, thanks to Captain Hazard, um, Olivia Giroud Brace, and um, an Ischiero goal as well, which was a little bit of a punt this week. Um, but one man that also got them a clean sheet was uh, Alan Nyom, who picked up uh, five points from a yellow card as well. And I think it's, I think it's time for Nyom watch, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So this is our section uh, that we've been doing the whole season where we follow Alan Nyom round. We immerse ourselves in all things Nyom based off the fact that he was given a 5.0 evaluation at the start of the season. And we, Nick particularly, was absolutely outraged with that uh, with that evaluation. Uh, so Alan Nyom was spotted playing football by many people. Thanks very much for everybody who hashtag Nyom watched uh, against Manchester United on, uh, on Sunday evening. He had 34 touches. 13 were in the opponent's half. He had 16 passes. 16 were successful. That's 100% for you stats nerds. Most of them were backwards, but we'll forget that. He had one tackle and he won it. He had one yellow card, but Allen got one clean sheet away at Manchester United, which must mean a big win bonus for him, which I think we probably uh, are due a little bit of for furthering his cause throughout the course of the season. He was mentioned in dispatches thusly. In the 78th minute, Nyom sees yellow for a late one on Sanchez. So, if you see him down Primark buying smartphone-enabled gloves, or see him down B&Q buying pansies for his window box, please let us know, as many of you guys have. Hashtag Nyom Watch. Yeah, it was, it was a good week for Adam. Yeah, a very good week. And yeah, it was a good to see him on my TV as well, performing, you know, getting into a bit of action, fighting with a little bit of Sanchez. I think he had a little bit of a row with as well at one point. Yeah, good times. The irony of if Nyam had injured Sanchez and forced him off, Tom, after you captained him, would have been just incredible. Yeah, I know. I think this year now, um, I'd have just been laughing at that rather than being upset. I think if it was game week three or four, I wouldn't have seen the funny side. But given how this year has gone in terms of 50-50 calls and in terms of it being my player specifically who's injured or missed the penalty, I just would not be surprised. <laughs> well, you wouldn't know what it's like to have a player miss a penalty, would you, in fairness? No, no, definitely not. I have not mentioned that at any point. Right, okay. Let's move on to the market forces then. Now, Mark, this is our section where we use FPL data to describe some of the key trends in the FPL economy and try to give you guys an initial, at this point, insight into who the key movers and shakers are. I think a lot of the people who are making moves at the moment are those who are unable to control themselves, right? Because there's quite a few games to come. But Nick, you've got the data in front of you. What have you been seeing? So, um, yeah, the biggest mover at the moment is Sterling. Um, he's had over 25,000 transfers in so far. And I guess that's because of um, the good fixture against Swansea. He's just come off the back of a goal and assist. And he's he's entering another rich vein of form with three goals to assist in his last four. Um, probably a popular pick for the for the rest of the season there. Um, the other big mover, I guess, um, in midfield is Milijojevic. Um, he, he's now got two assists and he's he's been a real sleeper hit this season. He's only 5.1, but he's now up to 134 points, compounding the FPL critics week by week. He's out. He's now actually only five points behind Mane and seven points behind Sanchez, which is uh, frankly quite unbelievable, to be honest. Um, otherwise, we've also seen big moves from Salah. Um, another goal this, this game week is going to be another key player. A lot of people sold him. Um, which looking slightly foolish now, perhaps you could say, um, with people just clamouring in to bring him back because this guy just scores week in, week out. He's now on 30 goals for the season. Pretty mental. Um, but otherwise, we're seeing falls from um, popular picks from the wildcards, Son, Mares, 
William all falling. Son's had over 20,000 uh, transfers out now after he didn't start against Manchester City. But I've still got a feeling that he's going to hopefully start against Brighton in the next game because Lamella didn't really impress that much. But um, Mares also falling, um, a few blanks in a row, and Leicester just look a little bit out of form. And then otherwise, we've also got Ben Mee, who's also falling. He's had over 20,000 uh, transfers out. Looks like he's out for the season, which is uh, great for those Kevin Long owners. So maybe some people are, are looking to save some money by doing a straight swap for uh, me, me for Long to, to find some more funds in the bank. Yeah, Long has got 10,000 buys. Um, uh, absolute legend of, of a double game week already. And I see your, 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 your man uh, Tompkins as well, Anthony, has been bought by 7,000 people. I mean, would you be looking at ever making a change this early, especially in this kind of context? Uh, in previous seasons, I definitely would have been. Um, but as it stands, I've been burnt too many times to make early transfers. And I think where that has really punished me this season is in my team value, which is actually now less than 103 million. I was looking at one team who was kind of doing quite well lately and their team value was 106 million and they were wildcarding at the same time as me. And I was just imagining all the possibilities that I could have had with 3 million more. Um, so no, I, I definitely do not take my transfers this early. Like I'm kind of, I look at those movers and shakers and kind of wonder like, why are you making transfers when there's four more days left in the game week, you know, then come all the other stuff that goes with it. Absolutely. I, th- I think it's interesting. Like people have like, you know, Mares, um been sold by almost 20,000 people. Um, <clears throat> admittedly he's, he's you know, a blanked a little bit, but he still has crystal, crystal palace in 36, uh, a double game with West Ham and Arsenal. Um, I, I mean, it, it feels like people kind of uh, are very quick to judge and say, you know, I've had enough of this guy. He's still got one more game in the double game week. So it could well be that he turns around and scores. I mean, obviously he hasn't got a game in 35, but he, he could well have an absolute field day in, in the second game in double game week. But it's even yeah. the fact that like he hit the post yesterday. He could quite easily have scored, you know, just a few inches in the difference and he would have scored. The week before, was it just last week that he could have earned a penalty that Vardy would presumably have converted? That would have been an assist if he'd done that. Like we're, we're not talking about someone who's been so out of it that there was no potential in them actually getting returns either. That's what I think is so infuriating with the Maris ones. Now that said, he is a pretty good way of making up fun because he isn't going to be playing in the double game in the blank game week so you can see why people are doing it but a little early yeah for sure and i think what's actually uh interesting is that it, it does seem that people who are who are making changes i mean at the start of the season nick we were saying why why are you buying this guy in and um, but at the moment a lot i haven't seen one of those kind of strange buys and um, that you're like well he doesn't have a game in 35 like people do seem to be vaguely cognizant of the schedule as it comes and people you know the people who are active in the transfer market now do seem to be the people who are engaged managers even if they can't restrain themselves right yeah, perhaps. I mean, one thing we've noticed so far in the double game week actually is the teams with the double game week have performed pretty poorly. Now, if uh, now if United uh, came off the back of a 4-0 drubbing of West Brom, then maybe we'll see Lukaku top the charts and think why people bringing in Lukaku when he's got a blank. But uh, United performed poorly. Chelsea weren't exactly impressive. Spurs lost as well. So, and Leicester also lost. So those guys, no one's bringing in those players but um, yeah, I guess uh, talking about Son, he's probably going to have to be the one guy that maybe lo- uh, leaves my team soon. Because even though Spurs have a great run in, I'm looking at perhaps bringing in a Manchester City player still for the for the close season. And uh, and I think um, if Son's not going to start every game, having both Son and Kane might be too rich. Yeah, definitely makes sense. All right, let's uh, let's take a very uh, very quick intermission there. And move on to the community questions. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? 
So we're back and we're going to do our community section now. So obviously no top of the league um, at the moment. The game week is still ongoing, so we can't really give you an update there. But moving on to kind of shout outs. Uh, one shout out, obviously we've got Anthony uh, Stagg on this week. Uh, Alex Ball uh, sitting eagerly on the bench, uh, waiting to come on. Um, hopefully I will have after Nick, <laughs> after Nick finally uh, goes on paternity leave. Uh, it's, it's been a while. I'm still paying his wages. I'm just hoping that the government will step in and pay his wages soon. <laughs> um, um, uh, hopefully we'll have Anthony and Alex on together or you know, a, a combination in the future. But just say thanks very much to Alex for you know, being there and making himself available, etc. Etc. Uh, Nick, you want to say something about the football index? So I think we mentioned it on the last pod, but we're going to start doing some more work related to the uh, football index. Um, and this is quite an interesting um, community where you can place money on uh, footballers and see their stocks rise and fall. So it's particularly interest of uh, mine and Tom's. We've been doing it for about three to four months now. And uh, yeah, it's pretty good fun. And um, yeah, because we've got an interest in, in the market as we talk about market forces a lot in FPL terms. So it's quite interesting to see a, a real life sort of stock market of footballers. And uh, yeah, we're going to be doing a few tweets here and there going forward. Cool. And um, the final thing to mention is that Tom from 90 Matt, 90 Minutes at a Time, is coming on next week to talk to us about the incredible journey he's had in building his fantastic website that involves great football writing from a diverse range of sources. You can find them at 90 Matt underscore, uh, M-A-A-T underscore on Twitter and at 90Matt.com. Um, he will uh, come on for the Game Week 35 podcast. I don't know if we're going to do one later on this week. I'm not, not sure yet because I'm starting my new job. Uh, but he'll definitely be on for Game Week 35 along with uh, Alex as well as myself. Okay, uh, let's move on to the community questions then. Uh, we had loads of questions that we tried to fold into the top bit. So these are kind of a few wider ranging questions. Uh, the first one is from FPL Awesome, which is a question I really liked. It's about future gazing. And he asked us if we're, we're going to change our approach to the blanks and doubles next season after the washout we've seen this time around. Um, so, Anthony uh, Stagg, I think that's an interesting one for you uh, from the beginning. What have you learned and, and how are you going to uh, manage things going forward, do you think? So, perhaps I've taken the the road less traveled in this case already in that I'm not free hitting in game week 35 and to be honest I'm pretty happy with how even double game week 34 is going for me so far so perhaps if anything I've learned very little other than that I actually want would like to do what I'm doing again which is to use my bench boost early rather than later spare the triple captainship until right up until the end and then to use my free hit chip where I think that with my own planning, it will suit me accordingly. Like, I think I'm in a pretty decent position right now with my free hit or not having a free hit right now in that, for example, you guys might go and put three Man City players into your team. And suddenly you're going to then turn around when game week 36 comes around and you're going to have no Man City players. I'll probably have one. I might have two. Their price will have gone up and you're going to be in an even tougher situation to get them in. So I think that in that sense, it's actually playing into my playing to my advantage at this point that I know that there are four teams that I need to get into my five teams that I need to look at seriously for that. They will be good for the blank game week in 35, but they'll also have a double game week in 37. Those being Arsenal, Manchester City, Newcastle, Swansea and West Ham. And then we kind of then I have to look at the on the beachness of them from there to make my decisions. But I think I'm pretty happy with how I've done it overall yeah for me i think um i'm not going to be altering my strategy for next season i think um just looking back i know it's been a bit of a shocker personally for me uh, so far this game week but looking back at my uh, my bench boost of last season i managed to get 179 points it was just it was just everyone got a haul i got jesus got 19 kane got 31 
I had clean sheets from all my defenders, Bailly 6, Monreal 7, Stevens 8, Davis 11, Yoshida 9. Um, Sanchez was my captain with 54 and also got a 31 from Kane. So I think, um, you know, those were good memories of last season. This season, the bench boost has been a bit of a, sorry, the uh, double game week has been a bit of a shocker so far, very sadly. But that's mostly down to just United, Chelsea, Leicester and Spurs just just not delivering the goods. And hopefully in their second fixtures, we might um, see better performances. Uh, Spurs, for instance, have a better easier fixture and uh hopefully we were yeah there'll be a bit of redemption for the guys who've let us down so far the likes of Mares and Kane perhaps and Lukaku yeah I th- it'd be interesting to examine the wreckage at the very end I think you know I'm, I'm going to watch the way I navigate going forward but you know I did bring in Mares and Ericsson uh before the before the blank like I forewent bringing in Everton players over that period as far as I could because I kind of knew that it was good to focus on the short term I mean this time round I've had a bit of a focus on not maxing out my squad so I mean Anthony you just said yeah um, in game week 36 you're going to have Man City players I've got 3.4 million in the bank and I've kept you know a, a fairly big runway uh, in order to make changes kind of no sweat whereas I think in the seasons past I'd have maxed out completely you know bought hazard when I could have had Willian um, and uh, I've see, I, I can see that I'm able to now hopefully make those moves without having much to worry about um, but I think it's always the case that sometimes it depends what's put in front of you as well uh, with the free hit chip this year it's obviously adds the new dynamic to the game and we don't know whether that that chip's going to stay I mean last year was obviously all out attack which was you know, useless. It didn't really matter when you used it. Like, we didn't really use it until game week 38 if they used it at all. Um, and sometimes it, it might be it might be just due to how FPL is set up and, and what they do next year and in terms of the chips. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it's always very interesting to see how um, how these blanks and doubles work out because they are the biggest points yield of the season. And you have a lot of strategies. You have the road less travelled. You have the more orthodox road, which is one I put out many weeks ago. And sometimes it is just the case of hoping, as Nick was kind of intimating, that the key teams perform in double game week 37 last year, which was the big one. Those teams did perform in this double game week so far. They haven't performed. But, you know, we've still got double game week 37 to go. It could completely change and we could have, you know, we could end up in a bit of a blaze of glory rather than being on a plastic beach. Yeah, you have to forgive me there for going on Melancholy Hill and uh, <laughs> reliving last season. But, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's not been not been too good so far, this wild card. But hopefully, um, by the time you listeners are listening, uh, we'll be uh, on the back of, you know, Lukaku hat-tricks and Kane hat-tricks. Who knows? Yeah, who knows indeed. All right. Um, and I think kind of linked to that, uh, FPL Footballer has asked us how Bench boosters in game week 37 uh, should feel and should be uh, thinking after seeing the dross which has occurred for the majority in the community this week so far. So, Nick, you're one of these uh, one of these uh, bench boosters in 37. Are you uh, are you quietly happy about what's happened here that we've, uh, as it seems, wasted our chips? And you know, you're you're happy with the fact that you know it's there, but you've done well. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think so far it's, it's been pretty bad for the triple captainers as well, hasn't it? Because a lot of people were looking at um, the likes of uh, Kane and Lukaku as their triple captain, maybe even Mares and Sanchez, if, if you're a little bit more punty. And uh, yeah, no, none of those guys have performed. Um, in terms of the bench boost, some people might be happy because they had Kevin Long as their third defender that 
know, their fifth defender third on the bench that they were never going to play. So I think it's ups and downs for various people. Um, in terms of 37, um, I'm, I'm still slightly concerned about rotation with my team, but that's how I set up um, with the likes of Dummett and Kennedy coming in for Newcastle. And uh, yeah, I've got to try and stay positive and um, hope that it's going to be a stormer like it was for the last season. But I've still got to think about some moves as well because Manchester City, they've got their Huddersfield and Brighton um, double home fixture. And I think I'm going to have to look at bringing in some of those guys. I know, it's, 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 that's interesting, I think. I mean, without, um, without rehashing how we've done this week, I think, Anthony, um, what, what do you, I mean, do, would you have played it differently if, if for whatever reason you had a crystal ball and you saw and you saw that, I mean, you've you got 61 and you, you're well on for the 100, but if you had a crystal ball and you're able to do it again, would you stick to the same strategy? I think it was an interesting question. Um, honestly, because I, I, I listened to Nick and Colin, well, I'm happy to hear he sounds pretty optimistic with things. I a captain a player who's going to smash a small team hopefully like that's what I did last year unfortunately I triple captain the wrong player so I didn't get as big a haul as everyone else did I think I might have triple captain the player who got like 15 points which would have been good in any other week except that there was about five players that everyone seemed to have who got more so I think would I look at it no I'm, I'm quite content with where I am right now that I've bench boosted now when I have a lot more information on my hands and it's gone quite well but in that that said I bench boosted when I was quite content to have quite a few single game week players in my team. And so therefore it didn't, it wasn't as big of a gamble on these double game week players that I went, you know, I was almost blinded to everything else. Like I was still quite happy to have Salah in my team, quite happy to have James Tompkins in my team there for eight points. Your man, James Tompkins, as we say. Um, so overall, no, pretty content. Oh, fair enough. You definitely got the swagger about you after that. Um, for, for me, um, I would definitely do the same thing. I, I was looking at, I've been looking at it for obviously you know, every season. I anticipate this happening and try to work out a strategy. I think I'm definitely behind you in the fact that if I hadn't have triple, if I had triple captained on Kane early, then it would be a different story. And I probably would be more open to bench boosting in 37. The thing is that last season, I triple captained Aguero uh, for, the, for those that, uh, that those couple of fixtures early on. I think it was it who in Stoke. It was Stoke. It was Stoke. Swansea. And Swansea was it? Yeah. yeah, Swansea and Stoke. Yeah, so I, I triple captained him for those, and obviously only got the one goal. And then I was left with the bench boost. And my entire season from game week thirty to thirty seven was about turning the players over, and then thirty seven for the bench boost because the the, the fixtures are great in thirty seven. There's no getting around that. However. You know, there is an element of rotation. There is an element of uncertainty. Um, there, there's also an element of having um, a group of team, a group of players like the Man City players who are beholden to a fantastic double game week. But we don't know who's nailed on. We don't know who are the players who are uh, maybe by 36, 37, we will know. Um, but there's no way of knowing that early on. And there's such, a, you know, the value side of them is fairly large. So you've got to really be thinking about how you're going to turn them over and turn what you've got at the moment into t- into a good team in 37. And I think triple captain seemed the best way of doing that because A, for Kane, you had Newcastle and Burnley. And B, um, it's easier to get 11 good players out than get 15 good players out and have to make those changes, if that makes sense. Because you you, you if you make a team when you're saying, OK, I need to take one hit here, two hits here, maybe three hits here to make it all work then it feels like it, it, you're you're walking a very fine line between, between everything going really well and everything completely falling on its face because there's a big injury. Uh, the final question is is about beach bodies, which is quite an interesting one. It's from FPL Blonde. Um, uh, 
and he asks, which clubs do we think are on the beach already? Which have motivation? How is that going to inform our our uh, choices going forward? I mean, bear in mind, we've only got four free transfers, I think it is left now, haven't we? What kind of impact is that going to have on, on our transfer strategy going forward? I can go first. Yeah, sure. So I, I look at the Premier League table as just the easiest way to look at it, as well as like, you know what you know from performances, but then just look at the table to see kind of where those performances are coming from. West Brom, I think we could say aren't on the beach yet, even though they are all like they are as good as relegated at this point. They're uh, with four games left in their season. They're nine points behind Swansea in 17th. So you can write them off. But the team Stoke, even above them, are looking quite dodgy at this stage if they don't win against uh, West Ham. And then kind of in the middle of the table, kind of the, you know, the classic on the beach syndrome kind of sets in once you surpass 40 points. So congrats to Newcastle. They they surpassed that today. Everton are a team that have basically been on the beach for after Big Sam's initial bounce went. That was that was the end of them. And I wouldn't go near them at all after that. Yeah, um, Leicester City now looking like they might be on the beach. Poor enough performance, but we'll see how they do with the rest of this double game week before we panic too much on them. Burnley have something to play for then above them in seventh as they chase Arsenal for sixth position. And then kind of looking at the, the very, very top of the table, Man City now champions. I don't see them completely taking their foot off the pedal, all right? What I definitely don't see is them not being able to score against weaker teams who are also on the beach. Yeah. And United might not be able to score because that's just the ponderous way to play as much as it kills me to admit it. And then you look at Liverpool who have just a far bigger fish to fry. Like they've almost, like they, Chelsea are now 10 points behind them. Chelsea have five games to play. Liverpool have four games to play and Chelsea are in fifth right now. So Liverpool almost confirm or assured of their top uh, top four status in Champions League qualification for next year, you know, with one or two wins. And then Spurs are kind of in the same position, but at least you've got Harry Kane doing everything he can to win or score every goal that he could possibly be given. So at least you've got that to go with. I, yep. think, that, I think that is the fear there. With, um, and we spoke about rotation. Spurs are going to be playing United in the FA Cup. That might be their focus now because it doesn't look like Chelsea can catch them up. Chelsea have no chance in hell, really, in catching up Manchester United either. So um, you might start to see those Man United players, you know, take their foot off the pedal in the league like they did against West Brom. Um, I think um, you've mentioned Leicester as well. And uh, maybe the likes of Mahrez will still be wanting to rock the house um, if he's looking to make a move in in the summer and uh, the likes of Arsenal or Chelsea are looking to buy him. Everton, I think they've had a, a fairly torrid season. I think they look like they were on the beach from week one this season. Weren't they? But um, I'm still thinking maybe of uh, perhaps Pickford or, or Seamus Goldman just as a punt in the free hits. But yeah, I think, I think you um, did a good summary there, Stag. I think um, what that kind of underlies for me is that at the end of the season, it doesn't so much rely on teams it relies on individual players and what their you know what we read their motivation as potentially being um so you've mentioned the uh, dirty harry um trying to get his golden boot you've mentioned mo salah as well i mean uh you've sorry, mentioned liverpool as well i mean mo salah is an interesting one because obviously it he tweeted after harry kane had got the uh the, the ghost goal attributed to him like oh, oh really like uh, reacting there and it, you know he if he didn't care he wouldn't have said anything but I think that that gives a little bit of an insight into the fact that he does seem to care about this. I think he'll be bashing down Jurgen Klopp's door asking to play, right? Uh, to, to get uh, to, to get some game time. And you know, Mares as well is an interesting one, as you just said, because even though Leicester, I think, are, are, did have a chance to qualify for the UEL, have lost that chance now 
Um, and I don't think I'm going to be playing Morgan again this season. It's going to kind of rot second bench. Uh, but I think Mares could be an interesting. Because I, think, I think, you know, Mares has always overperformed um, historically. Like, you know, he's always done a lot better than his stats suggest. In terms of creating chances and make, and uh, taking chances, he, he his stats are fairly strong. So I think we could still see, you know, some merit in holding him 36 and 37 with the idea that he could well be looking for a move. Players are more important than thinking about the team. What do you guys think of that? Like, what you have to do is just look at someone like Riyad Mahrez and that he's actually in a position to affect change even by himself. So if his if his teammates win a free kick, you know, he actually has a chance to score. Now, I'm not going to say the players who are on the beach can't score free kicks, but, you know, if you're playing for something, maybe you're going to put that little bit more concentration, effort, whatever it might be, into being prepared to be able to take it. So that's why someone like Maris, you can actually believe in it. Whereas if you're looking at another team, like let's say Bournemouth right now, they don't have someone who's playing on a Josh King level. So once they pass the 40 points mark, probably, possibly soon, very soon within a game or two, like what are they going to have to play for? Like who from Newcastle would you pro- pro- like want to pick up now when the whole team aren't able to operate around them? Iosi Perez? Yeah. So. When you've got Jordan Ayew at Swansea sitting on 33 points yeah, with yeah. survival no long, not at all assured yet and you know just as likely to get points really. That's the thing. Ayew is the man to be bringing in at that point as long as he doesn't get a red card. The other factor I, I think just to finish off the section is the World Cup. That is probably the factor which wasn't present last season and is present now. You've got players like Olivier Giroud. He's looking to retain his spot as France's number one striker. Chelsea, I don't think, are very much to play for. Their manager's basically out the door. I think you, there is an element of individual players who are going to want to uh, going to going to want to keep themselves in form and uh, you know, keep something about themselves as we move forward. And I think that that will mean that players like Eden Hazard still have some sort of appeal, even though you know, okay, that's a terrible example. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Hazard, I mean. For example, is that he's going to be into self-preservation mode. He has nothing to play for now, so why would he try and why would he ever go for that 50-50 ball? Why would he go for that finish if there's a yeah. chance the goalkeeper will do his ankle? You see, that's the that's what the World Cup brings into things. Yeah, that's interesting as well. I didn't think about it from a, like a, a negative point of view. Almost. Like he's, he's too good. Like Belgium yeah. aren't going to drop Eden Hazard. Yeah, yeah. Hazard's never going to drop Kevin De Bruyne either, for that matter. I think Hazard might be another one of those players that's angling for a move as well, though. I think he's probably seen enough of Chelsea after this bit of a shocker of a season, so he might be leaving in the summer as well. But yeah, Hazard definitely, he's, he's nailed on for the Belgium squad, isn't he? But uh, So he might be trying to avoid those 50-50 challenges. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so... Not, not entirely sure uh, what, where we're coming down really here on players who are... I think it's a 50-50, isn't it? I mean, Morris doesn't have the World Cup, so maybe he'll take that there if it, <laughs> when there's that 50-50 challenge, but it Hazard might not. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, can you take... Can, can you play FPL second-guessing players who you don't know, know anything about apart from interviews they give to the press, which are always asinine and boring. Like, can, can we, apart from Altovich, of course, like, like, can we read into anything that they say um, or read into their, their potential psyche? I don't know, that'd be a really interesting thing to at least monitor going forward. Well, like, the, what you could read in is that, let's say, with someone like Mares, that clearly the contacts have been made before for moves, clearly as well that there's interest already. And maybe he might be you know, just as inclined to try and avoid picking up an injury that would rule him out of pre-season, which would mean the teams wouldn't want to pick him up because they couldn't fully assimilate him into their tactics and plans for the new season next year if he wasn't available for July. 
Yeah, yeah, that makes sense as well. But then who do we pick? I mean, that, that, <laughs> you have a, you have a, a you team of James Tompkins. A team of Swansea, Crystal <laughs> Palace, West Ham, maybe Southampton if they've got half a chance. You know, uh, Emin having uh, Salah and Kane as your... Uh, and as yeah, your and player. Kane, yeah, just Kane up top. They're just chasing the whole yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, it would be really interesting to see, uh, to see if people start saying, well, he's got no motivation, that guy. Why are you bringing him in? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that might may be the ongoing trend which uh, which we see going forward in the FPL community. Okay, uh, let's move on to the end then. So uh, so for next week, um, obviously we don't we haven't got too many plans in place. Nick and I are both free hitting, so probably still be tinkering up until Friday, Saturday. Nick, you're going to probably have to stop tinkering on Wednesday. Yeah, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll have a newborn to, to disturb me, but I'm sure I'll be like up in. Up on Friday night or something, unable to sleep because of a crying baby, just thinking, oh, just yeah. playing around with my free hit to, to kind of keep cries, saying. If he cries three times tonight, just, I captain Jesus. If he captains four, it's a lot. Just avoiding those kids with guns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, Anthony, you're more you're more strapped into the team that you've got. Um, what kind of moves? And uh, uh, we mentioned them already, but what moves are you looking to make? And where's your captaincy going to go? Is it going to go on Salah? Yeah, like my uh, my free transfers won't be certainly bringing a baby into my team or anything like that. Um, but uh, no, so what I'm kind of looking at right now is I'll obviously wait out the game week and then from there it'll be probably Lukaku who's going to get shown the door based on what I've seen. And I think it's going to be trying to fit in City players. It'll be a City midfielder. I might even, if I went for a minus eight, then I might bring in Jordan Ayew and have double up on midfielders. I bring in two bigger midfielders. Maybe I might get rid of the likes of Mares as well, because that would give me a quite a lot of budget to play with. That's, that's where I think I'm sitting. But it'll be all done on Friday, 100%. Interesting. So there's a theme to each pod. Last week it was Eminem. Uh, well done to Carl uh, Coot underscore FPL who got that first. I, I think just the uh, just the final thing to say here before we end as well is that we're up for the uh, FBAs, us, uh, WGTA and Stag as well. Um, this is the Football Blogging Awards. Um, you know, in the first year that Nick and I have done this, I mean, uh, I think a lot of the time people forget that we haven't actually been around for that long. A lot of the time on Twitter, people are really surprised to hear that we started in May uh, last year so we're coming up to our one-year anniversary but we've absolutely loved it um you know, really enjoyed uh interacting with the community being part of the community and and doing these podcasts and hopefully you enjoyed it too um so if you want to vote for us in that we're going to put a link tweet after the pods where you can see how you'd go ahead and vote for that and uh, what you either tweet or, or where you vote and uh, same for stag right yeah, exactly. So I'm in the young blogger category, which means I think I'm one of the few, if not the only person in the FPL community who's trying to fight for this award. So if, look, if you just visit my Twitter account at FPL Stag, you'll find I just explain how you can vote on either the FBA's website or just through like a Twitter tweet out thing that you can vote for me with. And I'd, I'd really appreciate any support you could give us. I think the initial nominations close on this Wednesday and then there'll be a shortlist from there. So hopefully myself and who got the assist will be in there. Yep. So if you uh, if you do that before Wednesday the eighteenth, um, that would be absolutely fantastic. So uh, j- j- just to kind of mention once more, we are who got the assist. You can find us at whogotassist.com and at wgta underscore fpl. Yeah, and if you want to join our league, um, our code is one five three eight dash one seven four zero three. All right, uh, we might be back on Thursday if I can find a co-host who's available. <laughs> um, but if not, I will do um, another of my uh, 
bonus points videos at the end of the week. I thought that was quite a good pun, but no one quite got that. Uh, Nick, just a face palm, but anyway. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, th- thanks, Anthony, for coming on. Um, hopefully, we will have you on again real soon. And we'll be joined next week by Tom from 90 Matt and uh, at least one of the other co hosts. Yeah, no, thanks very much for having me on, guys. Really enjoyed being on. And uh, best of luck to everyone with the rest of Double Game Week 34 and Blank Game Week 35. Thanks for coming on, Stag. And listeners, uh, we'll see you next week. Well, I probably won't be here, but Tom definitely will be. Cool. We hope this assisted you. Bye. Bye. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Sports Social Podcast Network.